There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi everyone and welcome back to the Decomplicating Dressage podcast. For those of you that are new here, my name is Jess Gale and this podcast is all about training your horse in a simple, uncomplicated way. We talk about the common problems people have when training their horses and I give you tons of different exercises and ways to solve each problem. We talk about why the problem is there in the first place and why the exercises work too. We also delve into mindset and I give you practical ways to improve your mindset so you are able to train and compete your horse the way you want to. Today's episode is the first of the professional series where we have people at the top of their field come on to chat about the big topics of the equestrian world. Today we have the amazing Jackie McCormick. She is a solution-focused hypnotherapist and we talk about what that means and how it translates to the world of dressage in the podcast. She trained at the prestigious Clifton Practice a recognised centre of excellence for solution-focused hypnotherapy and she holds the Hypnotherapy Practitioner's Diploma, which is considered the gold standard in hypnotherapy training. Now, I'm not going to lie to you all, I was so nervous about this episode. I followed Jackie for a while and we had a couple of technical difficulties to begin with, so all my stress cortisol was running through my body. But I love this podcast and I'm so excited for you all to hear everything that Jackie has to say about fear, anxiety, stress and how to deal with it all. If you enjoy this podcast, then please do share it and tag me in it. You can find both of us on Instagram on Facebook. So to find Jackie, she is at JMC Hypnotherapy and you can find me on Jessica Gale Dressage. Also, if you're interested in um, leaving a review, I would absolutely appreciate it massively. You can do it if you're listening on Apple Podcasts. Hi, everyone. Welcome back. I am so excited to introduce you now to the wonderful Jackie McCormick. We have, due to technical difficulties, we're now on the third time trying this, so I really hope this works. But Jackie, welcome. You are the first professional on the podcast, so you have that bad of honour. And yeah, do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself first? 
and it processes the thoughts of our our day and all our kind of there's a part of the brain called the hippocampus which stores our memory um and the neuroscientists believe that when we go into this lovely relaxation state our brain goes to work so hypnotherapy is a very natural state all of you individuals that ride if that's who i'm talking to there will be times even when you're just in your car or you're watching tv or you're sat on your horse and you think oh how did i get here i don't quite remember that um that we all go into trance very many times during the day so essentially that's what i do when i support somebody going into a lovely relaxed state However, they are completely conscious. They may think they go to sleep and they may think they're snoring, um, but they never do really because all I have to say is, right, open your eyes. And they go, oh, right, okay. Um, and they hear things around them. But what you're doing is you're getting the brain, part of the brain called the amygdala, which is your fight, flight or freeze response, to basically calm down. Um, so it's not on high alert. Um, so people that, that experience bad sleep or, or struggle to sleep, et cetera, et cetera, there's all sorts of things going on in the brain and the neuroscience of the brain. But it means that they're essentially their amygdala, their fight, flight, freeze response is, is, is overactive. Um, so the whole thing of hypnotherapy is, is to help the brain relax. So a lovely guided relaxation. But the most important part of the work I do is the solution focused therapy. Um, so solution-focused therapy is helping an individual to look at their preferred way of being, their preferred future. And so if it's somebody that's had a riding accident and they are understandably quite scared about getting back on the beast, um, because what's happening is that you have implanted, not on purpose, but you've implanted thoughts and memories around the accident in the part in that part of your brain called the hippocampus so the brain has to search for a pattern match so the next time you think about going to the stables or getting on the horse your brain goes have we done this before and of course if the last message in there is oh yes we did and it was a very nasty fall thank you very much um the amygdala is going to just jump up and go whoa hang on we can't be doing that it's very scary um and so it's going to produce lots of cortisol stress hormone into your system um which essentially means that your body is on high alert and it wants to either run away or fight or freeze. Um, so the solution focus part of my job is to help calm the brain down and to get the brain thinking from the rational part, your prefrontal cortex, your boss brain, instead of from your emotional limbic system. So the solution focus work, as I say, is about looking at how would you rather be? You know, if if you're if you weren't anxious, what would you be doing differently? Um, and of course, when you're actually in a session with somebody, and I've got their brain working from the right cortex, then they come up with the solution for themselves. My work isn't about telling people what to do, because and it also isn't about dragging up the past. Oh, let's beat yourself up even further because you know let's talk about all the bad bits in your life. It's about looking at the toolbox that you do have and that you've forgotten that you've got um, and getting your brain to calm down but more importantly to produce some really good happy chemicals so all the good serotonin and the endorphins and the dopamine all of those things that actually make your brain feel safe and it enables you then to get back on that horse and feel in control of being back on that horse and also the horse 
doesn't react to your stress levels because as we know our lovely lovely horses respond very much to our stress levels because they can smell it they can smell the cortisol they work from their amygdala mainly you know they are like oh where's the black plastic bag or where's the drain um most of the time we're telling them there's a drain coming up and so they react to it um or a black plastic bag but um the horse isn't going to react so much to your body because if you're stressed and you're anxious and your brain is telling you that you're stressed and you're anxious and you're scared you produce all that cortisol into your body all your muscles go tight your breathing changes your backside goes tight your legs go tight your hands go tight and if you're riding of course what happens when your hands go tight it goes down the reins and it goes into the horse's mouth and it gives a message to the horse's brain that there's something going wrong um so of course that's where i work with a lot of equine individuals to help them to realize that their brain has such a massive impact on their behavior and then how to kind of counteract that and change it that's so interesting i love all that i love all that brain stuff actually understanding what's going on in the brain i think is so helpful to know i think it's so nice to actually hear what is going on but we're gonna we're gonna apply this then to our topic so we've we've both agreed we've thought actually talking about fear and talking about that kind of frozen feeling would be a great idea for a topic for the podcast so for from a rider's perspective i've sat on horses and thought no no way just don't get a good feeling from this horse i've been mid buck and just haven't got the guts to kick it even though I know it's the right thing to do I've from a trainer's perspective seen great riders just freeze up and like you said the effect that that has then on the horse then makes the horse feel nervous and so on so can you can you explain what's happening in the brain when we have that like freeze moment where we just panic and almost stop yes so now Often what happens to an individual, when you have a situation that comes up like that, that, that can be, I mean, it can happen out of the blue, we know that. As individuals, we cope in different ways with different situations. If we've got what we call a full stress bucket, so if you haven't been getting good sleep, if, you, if your brain's not been able to process the stuff and you're not getting good REM sleep, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, then your brain is going to be on high alert. Um, because it's exhausted trying to sort out general day-to-day life. Then you come across and you go for your lesson and you're feeling, you may not think it, but actually your brain is saying, do you know what, I'm pretty exhausted because you don't keep your brain at a level that's producing enough of the good chemicals. So you come up to your lesson and you get on your horse and you feel a bit, ooh, he's a bit frisky. Um, And... What happens then, of course, in our brains is our amygdala, which is a really important part of our brain, but sometimes it overreacts. What it's there for is to protect you. Um, It's your health and safety officer. Now, sometimes that health and safety officer has a big white coat on and he has a clipboard and he's very officious. And so there are times that you get on your horse and your brain has to look for a pattern match because that's what our brains do. And so it will go and it will search and it will go, have we done this before? Does it feel safe? Um, so the, so your health and safety offer is going, is it okay? Can I let her or him do this? Um, and if no negative messages come up, it will go, yeah, go on then, have a go. However, if your brain gives it the, the heads up that this might potentially be a wee bit scary, 
even if you've seen the horse before getting on the horse, so I've got clients that will be thinking this before they get in the car to go to the yards. They will be thinking, is he going to be a bit fresh? Has he been out long enough? Has he had enough exercise? You know, blah, blah. So they already start imprinting or negatively forecasting, is what we call it, what might happen. So when you negatively forecast what might happen, your brain gives you the messages and it sends out something to protect you, which is your fight, flight or freeze mechanism. And it's cortisol, stress hormone. And as I mentioned before, when that's pumped into your system, into your muscles, it's going to, it's going to, your heart rate's going to come up, but your muscles have to go tight in, to enable you to either fight it. Um, cause like you said, well, you just have to give it a kick. Well, maybe sometimes that isn't the right response. Um, you know, and your health and safety officer will be saying, should I kick it? If I kick it, it might go worse. You know, it might really, it might stand up on two legs. Um, so the brain is searching again for a pattern match. What do I do in this situation? And then if we start build or telling the story, well, if I do that, that might happen. Every negative thought is going to produce another wee shower of cortisol into your system. Cortisol has a shelf life in our body. But if we're doing nothing to get rid of it, it kind of makes us feel exhausted. Um, it, it can make people sweat. It can make you breathe really fast. It gives you that sicky feeling in your tummy. Um, it can do all sorts of things. So your horse is going to pick up on that, isn't it? Um, and it's um, a flight, fight or freeze response is generally to run away <laughs> or to buck or to, to do something to get rid of the thing that is stressing it out and causing it fear. Um, so it's, it's really about how much we produce cortisol um, and negative thoughts, negative actions. Um, if we're not then getting rid of it in our system, it's then going to in a kind of looking at, well, how can I deal with that in a different way? If we just think, oh, well, God, the last time I tried that, he did such and such. And if that thought goes into your hippocampus and isn't processed effectively, um, it's going to get stuck there. And so what, what we do is we build pathways in our brain neuro pathways we hardwire basically patterns of behavior we've got millions of them in our brain crossing the road eating our dinner the way we talk on the phone etc 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 so we have all these pathways in our brain but if we then start to hardwire negative pathways the brain is going to take the path of least resistance and so if it, well this is what we always do so let's just always do it um and of course, we know we can change behaviours and it's called neuroplasticity. The brain, we can build new pathways. So that's my job is to help people retrain themselves to ride the horse in a different way or to think in a different way because it's the power of your thoughts. It's not fluffy. It's literally the brain is so incredibly powerful. And one of the things I often say to riders, and I'm sorry if I'm going on here, but I do tend to. No, I love um, it. <laughs> is look at how you treat your horse one look at how much money you put into your horse look at how you get your horse ready for competition or even to ride you you ensure that it's fed properly you probably get its back done quite a few times you get its teeth checked you make sure it's saddle fits you get nice new shoes put on the horse every now and again um so you invest a lot of your money and your energy into training your horse when I say to individuals, how much time and energy to put into training your brain, they kind of go, what, what, 
what? <laughs> it's like, what do you mean train my brain? I just get on with it. Um, but of course, what we do do is we, we train our brain to act very negatively sometimes. Um, so it's how much time and energy to put in to train that brain. Because your brain is such an important part. If your brain doesn't work properly, you ain't going to be able to ride properly. You know, eventually it will catch up with you. Yeah, it's so true. And so what what you said about people not necessarily overthinking but going what if so let's say they're they're driving in the car on the way to the yard and they're going what if this happens what if my horse bucks what if I get off what kind of effect is that then the cortisol going to be kicking in before you've even got on the horse absolutely absolutely so so the minute we have a negative thought about anything um the cortisol tap turns on because it's there to protect you so the amygdala is doing its job, but it's overdoing it, really. And, and you know, a lot of the work I do, particularly if it's young children, is to say, how are you going to take control of this, this thing that keeps telling you you're no good and that you're not as good as her or, you know, all the rest of it? So it's about really the science of that, of course, is we have to counteract that cortisol by thinking, right, how do I get the other chemicals flowing? How do I get the positive chemicals flowing? Because if we get the serotonin, and the endorphins and all of that working much better for us, then we are much more solution focused about what we just get on with it. We do it. You know, we might say, well, yeah, I know he can be a bit of a new jit, that horse of mine. But you know what? I'm just going to. And so we're much more in control. But if your body's full of cortisol, you, you it, it's almost like you've lost your confidence or your self-esteem and you feel a bit jittery. Um, and you're scared to lunge the horse or you're scared to even go in the stable because of what he or she might do. Um, and we negatively forecast what might happen. So if our listeners are listening to this right now and they're thinking, yep, that's me. And I know that everything you're saying massively resonates with me and I'm sure it will with everyone else. What, yeah. what can they do practically? What are the things that they can put in place then that might help with this if they're in that situation? Okay, so positive thoughts, positive um, kind of relationships and positive actions, physical physical actions. We know and the neuroscientists know stimulate our good neurotransmitters, those chemicals, those happy chemicals. So positive thoughts is about vi- visualization is a really good technique. Um, so looking at the what's being good now. Whenever, when I see a client, the first thing I ever say to them is, come on then, tell me, tell me what's been good, tell me what, and when they first start seeing me, people are like, well, I'm the thing, that's why I'm seeing you. Um, but actually, when we think, in, we think positive thoughts, we turn on those wonderful taps of those good chemicals. So it's almost seeing it like a job. So we have to think, so what's been good this morning? It doesn't have to be about the horse, you know. I've woken up, what's been okay? I mean, it's tricky at the moment because of, you know, COVID and lockdown, but there's still lots of positives going on in people's lives. It does not have to be great, big, enormous things. Well, the sun came out. So what was good about the sun coming out? Well, that meant I could get out and I could do such and such. So the minute we start thinking positive thoughts, the brain likes it and it wants more of it. When the yes, but voice comes in, um, because if we're very, if we're feeling anxious or a wee bit depressed or something, it's it's a bit harder to get the good chemicals kicking in. So we have to, through repetition, um, just like when you train your horses. This is another. It's a wonderful. 
when people train horses, but particularly young horses, if you're if you're backing them and stuff, you don't just do something once and expect the expect the horse to do it. Um, you are going to train them. You are going to be kind to them. You are going to give them positive rewards. You are if they get stuck in that one corner of the school and it's their scary corner. Um, you are hopefully, I would hope, not going to beat them up because they don't like going into the scary corner, but you are going to encourage them and you are going to get them to do it a few times so they feel safe. Um, This is what we need to do to our brain. Through repetition, we hardwire new pathways. So what's been good? Um, How would I like it to be instead of the negative? So we start visualising how we would like it to be. So when I've worked with some individuals that have got competition coming up, um, I've had one young girl who literally, we did a session, a couple of sessions in her lorry um, when she was parked up at at the competition. And um, it was about her being able to visualize how she wanted the next day to go with her dressage competition. How would she look? What would she be wearing? Where would your hands be? What would your face be doing? What would your muscles be doing? so what we're doing is we're, we are implanting that experience into the hippocampus. So when you actually come to do the competition, your brain's going, oh, yeah, we've done this before. Because you put in a really positive visualization um, and you've calmed the brain down. You've calmed the amygdala down because you're saying, you know, we know that um, elite, a- elite athletes visualize their race or visualize the rowing race or whatever it is over and over again they go over and over and over it and i you know i see people when they go out eventing they go and walk the course what they're actually doing is implanting the course in their brain so when they're on the horse doing that crazy nonsense of going around those horrible big jumps um you know they 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 can visualize the next jump so that's a really good technique for your brain is visualization but also thinking of good positive things thinking of how you want it to be, it's going to light up those good, happy chemicals in your brain. See, it's so logical when you say it. And (laughs) it's one of those things that what you were saying about with the training, that's how I think the majority of us train our horses. Like if they've had a bad experience, we then want to pile on the positive experiences to balance that out. But then why is it so hard for us like I when you started saying about positive thoughts I thought dear god there's that's going to be tough but why are we so good at getting like giving ourselves so much negative thoughts and yet giving ourselves positive thoughts is so tough because cortisol is addictive cortisol is a very powerful drug or chemical um it's a wee bit like taking an injection of sugar um into your system you know people drink these funny drinks don't they these um whatever they are give you a rush of caffeine Uh, like energy drinks energy drinks yeah and so it's a wee bit like that it's a bit like taking i you know you do something negative and of course your body your brain is setting your body up to fight something um because it thinks that big monster is really coming to get you so it's so thinking negative thoughts is actually um it's a little bit of a kind of um yeah sugar rush really however it leaves you then feeling deflated afterwards. Whereas if we get the good thoughts, and actually clients of mine, you know, when they see me for a few weeks, they, they kind of train themselves to look at the positives. And you wouldn't believe the positives I get after week three. And it'll be like, come on then, tell me what's been good. And they, Jackie, I've got a list. And they like, you know, they've got a whole list because their brain likes it. 
that they train their brain to do it much, much better. So it's almost like creating new habits. That's exactly what it is. Yeah. So a neuro pathway is a habit, is a, is a brain habit. Yeah. So when, if we're thinking about wanting to create habits like this, is there a way that we can almost stop ourselves from thinking those negative thoughts and turning them into positives? Well, the more you train your brain to think positively, the more your brain will naturally go to the positive. So life happens. We know that. And bad things happen or, you know, rubbish happens. And but then what we say is, well, yeah, that was rubbish. But what was good about the way I dealt with it? So I know instructors that I've worked with, you know, when I'm talking to them about how maybe to support their clients better, their riding clients, is to, to get them because often when people are teaching clients, you know, and I've watched many of them with my with my kids, instructors. So what are we going to work on this week then? That's often one of the first questions. And that unfortunately has a negative negative connotation to it because you're saying, well, what do you need to improve? <laughs> um, and you do, people, instructors don't do it on purpose. It's just that's, you know, what we're going to work on this week. Um, in many ways, what they should start with, what was good about your last lesson? Tell me, what was good about your last lesson? Um, because we're very good at beating ourselves up. And I know that when you have a lesson, you know, if, with your dressage instructor or whoever, um, you want to improve. Of course you do. That's the whole reason for it. But you also have to give your brain, what have I done well? What's been good about this lesson? What was good about that movement? What was good about that 20-metre counter circle or whatever it is there's, there's often not enough of that in in the whole kind of teaching world whether it's riding or any other area um teaching the the student how to look at the positives of what they're doing because we we all, almost automatically go to yeah but that bit was rubbish wasn't it you know i can't get that whatever it is bit right yeah but what's good about the way you try to get it right so even saying that to a client that you're going to turn on their serotonin or their endorphins, even just for a split second. So it's looking at when that negative voice comes in, batting it away and going, okay, here's that voice again. Right, okay, there you are. However, what was good about the way I dealt with it? Or what was good about that little bit? So you just using that phrase, what was good about, is over time through repetition becomes hardwired. And so people then go, are much, much more solution-focused about about what they do. And even joking about it, you know, it's a good thing. Um, you know, laughter, um, smiling, all of these things we know release serotonin. Being kind to people um, release happy chemicals in our system. So there's all sorts of things where we can get our natural happy chemicals working much better for us. I guess it's just training us, isn't it? I mean, I remember when I when I competed when I was younger, I would always come out of a test and go, these are all the things that went wrong, bam, bam, bam. And there was a thing that we did in school that was two stars in a wish. And it would be like, you couldn't say what was negative about your test until you'd said two positive things about your test. And it's just training your brain, I guess, to do the positives first and then think about the improvements next. Yeah, and then to yeah, but what's good about the fact I want to improve? You know, it's, it's... it's the language that we use it doesn't mean that you're rubbish at that halt or whatever it is it means that you have a desire to make it better for you so it's about your best hopes 
you know it's about how you would rather be and you know i've had it with my kids dressage tests and they come out and they go oh well the horse was a bit tight and i go well he wasn't though was he you were a bit tight your hands were a bit tight (laughs) (laughs) you know your backside was tight your legs were squeezing him and the poor bloody horse didn't know where to go but yes (laughs) so true (laughs) (laughs) and i see i do see that with a lot of riders you know and of course people aren't doing it on purpose we know that but um again a really good friend of mine her her name's Maeve and she's a physio she's on Instagram and she's called Activate Your Seat and she talks an awful lot about breathing now everyone talks about breathing but she she works with a lot of riders so um you know and she's also saying people talk about the core she said and she's like there's no such thing as a core we need to get the brain to work with the horse's body and if you if you how many instructors say to their clients, and breathe? <laughs> Just, you know, and it's kind of, because if you don't breathe, or your brain is, is kind of stressing out, your thoughts are stressing out, you're producing cortisol. And it goes into your muscles. And like Maeve would say, it then stops your correct breathing. So your hips can't flow with the horse movement you know they get stiff and tight and your legs get tight so you squeeze and and then you you know so all of those things happen because your brain is telling your body that you have to fight something so no wonder these poor horses get a bit confused underneath people as to you know and you see a lot of riders with their shoulders up around their ear rolls and arms are tight but more importantly, their hands are tight. And I know I've mentioned it a few times, but, you know, if your fingers are squeezing down that those reins, we know that those horses have got those hard metal bits in their mouth and it's going to have a reaction. Um, but, yeah, we hear a lot of, oh, he just wasn't listening to me or, you know, he, he he's a bit tight or he's this or he's that. And I've got to get his back checked out. <laughs> and it, yes, it may well be the horse's back. However, sometimes we might need to look at what our brain is making our body do that affects the horse. It's that circular motion, isn't it? We always think we can't train a horse until they're relaxed, but actually we can't train ourselves to train the horse until we're relaxed. Yeah, yeah. So it all comes... You know, your amygdala is always going to be on guard because you are getting on a live animal. (laughs) You know, and, and so it's always going to want to look after you. Um, and some people have appear to have a lot more confidence or guts or whatever you want to call it. But I would suggest that they are just much better at calming down their amygdala. Um, and so it enables them. I mean, I, w- I mean, I have jumped, but there's no way I would go around a flipping cross-country course or anything like that. But that it's not because I'm scared. It's because, no, I don't want to do that. Thank you very much. I'm very solution-focused about it. You know, it's, it doesn't bother me if I don't do it. It's when we get into the whole comparison thing. And, you know, we do hear some instructors shouting at, at their clients and just saying things like, just kick it, um, you know, or whatever. Um, and that really, I think, deflates a lot of clients, a lot of students or a lot of riders, um, because then immediately they go into their emotional brain and go, yeah, but I can't, I just can't do that. Um, but are too scared to, to maybe go back at the instructor and say well you bloody kick it then <laughs> and it's and it's that comparison as well I know I know for me I've always massively looked up to riders that are I consider braver or more confident than me because they do kick it but yeah that's not necessarily like you said it's not necessarily them being braver it's just a different way of approaching it yeah yeah 
yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, you know, and, and everyone to their own and all the rest of it. But I think it, it's it's about building your self-esteem and your confidence. And comparison, we know, um, generates cortisol again, you know, in, in, in a negative way. That's not to say we shouldn't compare ourselves in a positive way or, or have aspirations and desires. That's really good as long as it doesn't lead you to feeling really depressed and anxious about what your abilities are so interesting okay so we have what we're going to do this is obviously the first time that we're doing the professionals podcast um but at the end of every episode we take questions and we've got one that i think kind of takes pretty much everyone's experiences into one and it comes from a lovely girl who i know called cheska and she has said that basically since she's moved away from her yard um, uh-huh. that she used to be on, um, she's lost kind of that support bubble of her family and friends. And uh-huh. she's now spending about 95% of the time on her own with the horses. Uh-huh. She's got a really naughty Welsh pony that she's totally happy, completely fearless with. But then she has a younger horse that her confidence is just so low and the fear uh-huh. levels are really high. She she broke him herself and um, that was all fine. She was completely confident. But then he threw her off once and uh-huh. it turned out that his teeth were really bad. So uh-huh. she said that in her head she knows that his behaviour was probably due to that. Uh-huh. But she can't seem to get out of her head. And yeah. she says she uses self-talk, she boosts herself up enough to tack him up and lunge him, but then uh-huh. as soon as it gets to that point of getting on, then she panics, she cries, and then she leaves the arena. And then that guilt sets in of, oh, I can't get on him, oh, I'm wasting him, and all that stuff, when yeah. she says in her head she knows that she's a good enough rider and yeah. that she can do it. It's almost like her brain stopping her. And I... Yeah. I completely get that. Like, I've been in that boat. I know that so many other people must have been in that boat. Yeah, and yeah. that guilt as well is so horrible. So what what would you yeah. say to people like that? So first off, guilt, again, is about turning on your cortisol tap. So that every time she... And she's not doing any of this on purpose. That's the most important thing to say. You're not doing this on purpose. You know, your brain is overreacting to a situation. Um So the first thing is we have to slow it all down. We do have to take that breath, but we have to say, if I actually got to the yard, before I got to the yard, is starting to think, how would I like it to be? How would I like my afternoon with that horse to be? When that voice comes in and goes, oh, yeah, but, oh, yeah, but, say no, shush. I want to just bring up a picture of how I want it to be. Now, it's very hard me doing this over the phone like this, however, if that person is listening and or she listens to this later, you need to sit down. You don't be at the yard. Sit down, be at home, lie down on your bed. Just take a couple of breaths and just think of a couple of things that have been good about your day. Not about the horse, anything. And then start to think about your horse in a good way. What's good about this horse? What's nice about him? What are the nice things that, you know, what are the really positive things I like about him? Not about getting on him, but just him, his character. So you're building up those good chemicals straight away about your feelings for this individual horse. Then you start thinking, okay, I want to get on him and I want to feel good about getting on him. So what what do I want to feel when I'm sat on him? 
um, and you just start thinking of how you would prefer it to be over and over again. And it, it, basically you're building a film in your head, a nice film of positivity. And and obviously if I saw you as, your client, as a client, I would, I would give you a lot more kind of like instructions and things that might help you. If your stress bucket is so full prior to going to the yard, your amygdala, your emotional brain is not going to let you get on that horse because it's going, yeah, but you're worried about so many things. Um, there's other stuff that's really bothering you. So I really can't let you get on that horse because remember what happened last time you got on that horse? You know, and it, it really is going to do that to you. But if your stress bucket is at a level in life that you're feeling okay, yes, let's start building a positive image of that beautiful horse. How does he smell? Um, you know, can you imagine yourself standing next to him, grooming him and what he likes about all the So you're really breaking it down. You're not going straight for the getting on it and working him in the school. So it's actually um, about taking the focus away from yes. that kind of pivotal moment of are you going to get on, on him or are you not? Yes. And actually thinking about all the other positive things that you've yeah, done already. All the lovely things around him. All the, and also the things you would like to do with him. Um, not what happened and what went wrong, but what would you like to do with this horse? You know, and if you did do that, what would be good about it? What would be really exciting about it? Because what you're doing is you're you're lighting up your brain. Um and it's going, Oh, I quite like this feeling. Um, well, this is nice. And then you look beyond the event. What will you do once you've ridden him on Tuesday at three o'clock? What have you got planned? What's going to be nice about after you've done it? So you're not blinkering your brain. You're not just focusing everything on sitting on that horse. Now, there is another technique that we use that if, if you've had a serious accident and or it's become a kind of phobic thought or worry, then there is another technique we can use where we literally implant a good memory instead of a bad memory. But I can't really go through that now because it would take a long time. Um, but, you know, that's about when I work with people that have got fear of flying, fear of riding, that is a real, you know, scary feeling. Um, there is a fantastic technique that we use that basically removes the old memory and it puts a really lovely, good, positive memory in. So the next time you get on that plane, it's like, yeah, we've done this before, crack on, get on with it. Um, so it's the whole thing about being solution-focused and getting into the what we call the boss brain, into your prefrontal cortex, your intelligent, logical, literal black brain. So it's almost that combination of rewiring your brain to think about the positives, yeah, but also then, like you said, not not making it your whole issue. Because I know if I'm nervous about getting on a horse, I will think about it all the way through the day until I get on that horse. But yeah. then for some reason, I'll also think about it for the rest of the day too. And yeah, actually, yeah. like you said, by thinking about things you're going to do after you've got on the horse, actually it kind of stops it being like a... Yeah. It almost yeah. ends up being like a bit of an apocalyptic thing. Like, yeah. yeah, like a big scary monster. Yeah, I'm yeah. either going to live through it or I'm not. When yeah. actually... I work with a lovely lady who's an instructor, but a fabulous dressage rider. You know, she gets trained by Carl Hester and all the rest of it. And... Um, you know, her thing was going into the warm-up arena and focusing on another rider because he always wins everything, blah, blah, you know. Um, and, of course, once we got her brain not focusing on him but focusing on her and her horse and, you know, it actually she sort of messaged me the next day and I was like, yeah, I bloody won, you know, she beat him. <laughs> kind of, um, but, you know, it was about that. So her amygdala 
had this pattern in the brain of, well, every time we go to one of these big posh competitions, this chap turns up, comes in on his, you know, whatever he's is riding, and he wins everything. So that was the message that was going to her brain the whole time. So Whereas once he turned that off and focused on her and how she wanted her um, dressage test to go and how she wanted her horse to feel underneath her, then her brain let her crack on. And it was like, yeah, come on, we can do this. Wonderful, amazing stuff. It's so amazing the massive difference it can make. I love it. Oh, it's, uh, it's just, it blows me away. You know, I mean, some of my clients come to, and they sort of tell me what they've done. And, they, you know, when I say what's been good and they're like, oh, and I did so and so. And I'm like, you did what? <laughs> it's just like, it's incredible. It's just, and of course, that switches on all my happy chemicals because it's, yeah, it's wonderful to hear. So if people are listening right now and they are loving what you're hearing, which I know they will, how how can they find you? Where can they find you? Where can they kind of learn more about you? Um, so I'm on Instagram, um, so it's JMC Hypnotherapy, um, and I have a website, which is jmchypnotherapy.com, um, and um, yeah, all my contact details are there, so. Amazing. Yeah. And on Facebook, I, yes, I've got a page on Facebook as well. Awesome. <laughs> so yeah. so as, we, as we kind of come to an end then, I want to ask you, your three things that you want people to take away from this what are kind of the three top tips or things you want people to know or understand from this podcast um (coughs) so excuse me um look look into happy chemicals look it up because they are the chemicals in your brain that make you function um neurotransmitters but there's lots of information on the internet look at what serotonin does look at what dopamine does look at what cortisol does to you then my second thing would be self-care you spend a lot of time and energy and money on those horses so maybe a wee bit of it needs to go on you and your brain and the third thing is we sometimes need to have a bit of fun so life at, at times needs to be a bit of fun because that also will stimulate your happy chemicals and it will help you to not take life so seriously and put yourself down so much. Amazing. I love that. Thank you so much. And thank you for being our first professional on the podcast. <laughs> well, I hope it was good. <laughs> it's been amazing. Thank you. So there you have it, guys. I don't know about you, but I learned so much in those 45 minutes. Just hearing about the science of what's happening in the brain when we're feeling afraid or scared or nervous. I think it's so interesting. And then when Jackie then spoke about the actual practical things we can put in place, it then made so much logical sense as well. I've also had a listen back through and have decided I'm going to change one of my 2021 coaching goals to something that Jackie said about making sure that we start every coaching session off with something positive. So what's worked really well for you this week? What are you particularly pleased with? What are you particularly proud of? And I think by starting with that boost of serotonin as well, it's going to be so beneficial for people. So that's going to be my 2021 coaching goal for this year is I want to start off every session that I now coach with that positive boost first. So that's my goal. And then 
coming back onto this podcast then I want to know what did you guys enjoy about this what are you taking from it what are you going to be putting into practice yourself at home with your horse I want to know about it I know Jackie would love to hear from you guys as well so if you'd like to tell us if you'd like to talk to us if you'd like to tell us what you thought of this podcast then please do get in contact with us you can find Jackie at JMC Hypnotherapy and you can find me at Jessica Gale Dressage and that is on Facebook and Instagram so moving on then to the next few in our professional series i'm so excited for you guys to hear these we've got bitting specialists vets physios nutritionists saddle specialists so many people with so much experience that are going to tell you what works what doesn't work and what is actually the science behind this stuff as well i'm so excited for you guys to hear this i know that you are going to love it but before we get on to that and they are hopefully going to be about once a month but next week we're going to be finishing off our New Year's series. So this episode is going to be all about motivation and trying to stop ourselves from going into that kind of peaks and troughs of massively high motivation and then down into the trough of absolutely nothing. And we're going to look at the kind of tips and tricks that we can use to keep ourselves consistent through the whole of 2021. And I have researched these tips. I have practice these tips I've actually used these tips before so I know that they work and I know that they will work for you too so that's going to be next Friday at seven o'clock so keep your eyes and ears open for that other than that guys I hope that you have a great week and I will see you next time Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 